Hello and welcome to another episode of Losing Part of Me. So in episode one, we just briefly talked about me and a bit of an introduction. And I have tried to structure these episodes almost like a bit of a story, just because for me that made it the most simple and effective way, I guess, in my head to go through these different steps and talk about it. So this episode is all about why I needed to stop. Now you'll see that I have chose my words very carefully there. I haven't said why I wanted to. It really was very much I needed to stop, that I could not carry on the way I was going. But before we jump into it, I just want to let you know something that actually in preparation for this podcast, in research for this podcast, one of the things that I did, which I am now thanking myself unbelievably, is I journaled. So I've been a big mindset fan, obviously I'm a coach, so I've been practicing a lot of these things for years and years, and journaling is one of the things that I do. So basically every single morning, part of my morning routine, I write the day and I just talk to myself about what's going on or how I feel or some of the struggles I'm dealing with. And I cannot be more grateful to myself that I did that. Now, when I journal, I don't do it with the intention of I will ever go back and read it. And certainly not with the intention that anybody else will read it because God helped them if they did. However, being able to go back and read what I was going through, how I felt, all the things I tried were was a gift, was a real gift in doing this because it really hopefully will give you some real insight as to where I was in my own headspace because I'm not sure I would have remembered. Well, I absolutely didn't remember what it was like because as I was reading back through the journals, there were lots of things that kind of really blew my mind, really, really did. And we'll get to all of that. So that's the first thing. And I know what most of you are going to be sitting there thinking because I did the same. How much did I drink? That seems to be the question. Not that I've told many people, and I guess we'll get to that as well as to why not many people know I stopped drinking. But anybody I did tell, that was kind of the thing that people want to know. And I understand that because I like to know that because that was the measure that I took as to whether I had a problem or not, was how much did they drink? And if it was more than me, then I obviously must be fine. So I will get to that. You will find out all the gory details of how much I drank and how my life was. But before that, I wanted to kind of look at more of the, I guess, what was going on in my head when it came down to drinking and some of the things that I experienced and some of the things that I went through. And what I want to do to start off with is I want to go back quite a bit. So I actually want to go back to when I was a child. Now... Drink for me, alcohol in general, had always been very present in my life. Always, always, always. And it was something that we were brought up on almost. I mean, I don't make that sound like I had that instead of milk for when I was a baby, but it was always in our house. It was always a presence in our world. To the point of we had little glasses that we would be allowed our alcoholic drinks in. So we would be allowed a sherry shandy if my mum was having sherry. We would be not encouraged, but we would certainly not be uh, 
stopped from drinking alcohol if we wanted to and this would be from a fairly young age now we weren't drinking every day we weren't drinking every weekend but we were certainly allowed a drink on occasions from a really young age but it was actually something that my mum really struggled with and not that that was ever said out loud not that it was a conversation we've ever had and unfortunately my mum has passed away so this isn't a conversation I can ever have with her and I think probably some of the reasons I'm happy to share some of this is because she's passed away but before I talk about it there is no shame no shame at all in terms of how my mum brought us up I don't blame her she was doing the best she could and that looks different to how I bring my daughter up now and we'll get to the fact that I'm also a mum but there's no shame but I'm explaining this to you just so you know that this maybe didn't come out of the blue so I guess some of the things were, like I said, it was always around. I remember from a super young age, my mum having, playing Scrabble and having Sherry with my nan, like as a regular basis. I remember her having a bottle of Sherry down the side of her chair in the lounge of our home. And my sisters and I discussing that we never quite knew how often that bottle changed, but we knew it was at least three, four times a week. We knew that the minute we were old enough to go and buy alcohol, we did. We knew that it was the answer to everything. Something good happened, have a drink. Something bad has happened, have a drink. And then there were the times where my mum was falling down drunk and we had to put her to bed and various bits like that and maybe we will get to that in more detail in another episode but I just wanted to I guess bring up at this point that alcohol and the uses of it were not new to me this wasn't something that you know I discovered as a teenager in fact my house was the house that people could come round to and have parties at because we were allowed alcohol because my mum would buy us alcohol so For me, it was very much always present, always there and always a go-to when there was any reason to go to it. So I guess it was fairly understandable as I grew up that I drank like everybody did. And also even when my mum was alive, you know, if something went well, I'd be given £10 to buy myself a bottle of wine. If something was difficult, I'd be given £10 to buy myself a bottle of wine. Treat yourself with a bottle of wine. You know, these are the kind of things that obviously I was told and brought up on. But I just wanted to kind of do that as a kind of, okay, you know, that there was a little bit there. And like I said, we might go into that in a later episode. So let me bring you a bit more up to modern day. So I thought about alcohol and drinking a lot of the time and I don't mean I wanted to drink a lot of the time I mean I thought about it a lot and when I go back through these journals I so back in January 2017 I tried dry January and I lasted six days and it blew my mind that I have a journal entry from 2017 and already at that point I was struggling to stop I started reading books, I started listening to books, I started listening to podcasts. And for me, that was my way of trying to work out whether there was a problem or not a problem. And I think for me, it helped in one way in terms of making me think, oh no, I'm nowhere near as bad as them. But in other ways, it also then reconfirmed to me that actually 
they had got to a certain point and it would probably be very easy for me to get to that point as well. So I started really thinking about it. Like I said, all the way back in 2017, I should imagine it was before then, but that's as far as my journals have gone and I've noticed this stuff. As time moved on, the reoccurrence of the conversation about alcohol got worse and more and more and more. So I thought about it all the time. If I wasn't thinking about drinking it, I was thinking about why I drank it in terms of why did I have so much? I was thinking about how my head hurt. I was thinking about why I thought I had a problem and my husband didn't. I used to blame others and other things for my drinking. So if my husband had poured himself a glass of wine and therefore would immediately pour me one, it was his fault I was drinking. If we were going out for dinner, well, I've got to drink. I remember once speaking to someone years ago saying, well, we had roast beef. It's virtually the law to have a red wine with it. Everything was a reason for me to drink. In fact, my whole life started to revolve around alcohol in itself. I tried to moderate. Moderate for me is like asking someone not to breathe or asking someone to not take one step in front of another. I couldn't and I tried everything. I tried to just have one. That was my husband's suggestion, just have one. That never, ever, ever happened, even with the best intentions in the world. I tried working with an online coach who it wasn't a one to one program. It was a it was a course. And their suggestion was to plan out your week and decide how many you were having each night. And and as long as you didn't go over that. And I guess I can see now why it was doing it. It was trying to get me back in control, trying to get my self-integrity back into line, which obviously was way off. However, that didn't work. I would say to myself, you can have six drinks tonight and I would have more than six. Uh, I tried drinking water in between. That's obviously a really popular one. That was an absolute waste of time, probably lasted one or two drinks and then I'd forget. Uh, I would try drinking on certain nights. Um, so it would be, okay, well, I can drink Friday, Saturday, not Sunday because I've got to go to work or obviously get up for work. I have my own business. So I would start with good intentions then something would happen on a Tuesday and then suddenly there I go again and I would be out of that weekend routine also the Sunday would come and I would still want to drink because it was still the weekend I tried the idea of not drinking in the house so we would not go out a huge amount probably go out for dinner once or twice a week and we'd certainly weren't going out like to you know bars and like any clubs or anything but I thought okay what if I don't drink in the house that didn't even get past the thought stage then what if I don't drink on my own so I'd been on my own for a little while before I met my now husband and I did drink then and that would have been 10 plus years ago and it's 2024 at this point so uh, again that kind of gives you an idea of how how kind of far back this has gone but I thought what if I didn't drink when I'm on my own because my husband used to go away to work he was in the military and he was away a lot again I would start with good intentions and then I would just think whatever I also had very um black and white thinking so I would say it was an all or nothing I would either be able to not drink for one night and be very proud of myself, or I would have one and I wouldn't stop. I never seemed to work through 
any problems because I would constantly stuff it down with drink. Tired, drink. Hungry, drink. Annoyed, drink. Happy, drink. Everything revolved in a drink. And I'd almost punish myself but thinking I was punishing someone else. So if I'd fell out with my husband or whatever, I would think, well, screw you, I'm just gonna have a drink then. As if somehow by me getting drunk, I was showing him or doing something. Like I said, I started going through uh, books and listening and reading to books uh, to try and find out actually, had I got a problem? Was this something that uh, I needed help with? I also got to a point where I wouldn't arrange things in an evening because I wanted to drink. It was like common knowledge with my stepchildren who are older that you don't ask for a lift at seven o'clock at night because dad and T are not going to be sober to do it. Now, we wouldn't be off our faces drunk, but we would have had a drink and therefore we wouldn't have been able to do that. Like I said, it was never... There was nothing that ever worked. I couldn't find a way to make it work and I wanted to make it work. I genuinely wanted to be that person who could have one or two drinks. I really, really did. I, I lived in envy and still maybe a little bit in envy of those people that could just have one and go, I'm good now, but it wasn't me. And all I did was use it to make myself feel better. I would use it so that I didn't have to think or worry about things or stress about things because I could just get drunk. And that ability to step off the planet for a bit was amazing. In October 21, I decided to stop uh, for a month. And I will get to the story as to why I decided to stop for a month. And I lasted three weeks. Um, I had constant stomach issues, constant. So I would have a really upset tummy every single day. I'm celiac and I would often blame that for it. And it wasn't until I stopped drinking that I realized it wasn't that, it was the amount I was drinking every night. I also got to the point where every day I would check my hands to see if they were shaking, where I started Googling other symptoms like why am uh, you know, if I, when I stopped for those three weeks, why I was sweating so much. And they talked about things like, because your body's trying to detox. I used to wake up every morning at about four in the morning. And I triumphantly would tell people I am a morning person and I like to do my morning routine and I'm an early riser as if obviously that in itself was how amazing am I? And the truth was because I was so hungover that I'd be waking at 4am to get a glass of water and my head would be banging so much it would virtually be impossible for me to go back to sleep and then the shame would kick in and then the why did you do it, don't do it again, don't drink again, this is stupid, look what you're doing to yourself, feel how you feel and then every afternoon, every evening by about 5 o'clock I'd have forgotten about all that and I'd be ready to drink again. So. I guess one way to sum up this episode, and these are going to be fairly short, especially these story ones, is to tell you how much I was drinking. And I just want to say there's a part of me that has a tiny stab of shame when I'm talking about these things. But 
six, 12 months ago, that shame would have hit me like a tsunami. That shame would have knocked me off my feet, smashed me to the ground and rendered me useless. Whereas now I don't feel that. I do feel a tiny little inkling of, ooh, that's a bit like I'm about to tell people how much I drank. However, actually, and we will get to all of this, I wasn't well. I had an addiction to a substance that is the most accepted addictive substance probably out there or one of the most addictive substances out there that is in the UK positively encouraged. And I was addicted to that. And so now I don't have shame. I have a lot of empathy for myself. And that took a long time to come and lots of things that helped towards it, which again, we will get to. So much to talk about. But what did I drink? So we would normally start off, this would be an average night, not a weekend. So we'd normally start off with a gin and tonic and my gin and tonics were more than a double. I would have almost a 50 to 50 ratio, so 50% gin to 50% tonic. What my husband didn't know is that I was making bigger, stronger drinks for me than I was for him. So even though he was still having a double gin, and this is something actually that's really interesting to, to talk about, but he was still having a double gin, but I was having more and having a stronger version of it. So we would probably have two of them before we started. So straight off the bat, like, anywhere between four and six like gins from a pub measure so then we would move on to wine and to begin with it would start with a bottle between the two of us and then it moved up to two bottles and then it moved up to three bottles so it might be a bottle of fizz like a prosecco or a champagne and then it would be two bottles of wine and again what my husband was unaware of at the time is I would go in, I would drink faster than he would. So sometimes I would be a whole drink ahead and I would be having an extra. So probably two thirds would be what I was drinking. Um, that again, I would pour bigger glasses for me and start drinking them before I walked in or held my hand around it in a certain way so he couldn't see how much I'd got in my glass. And again, it was things like this that when I think about it, when I say these things out loud, like, how could I have not thought I hadn't got a problem when I was doing things like that? And then by this point, he would normally be like, I can't drink anymore, or I would probably finish a bottle or something that was left over. But at this point, I was ready to continue. And inevitably, if he said to me, I want you to stop well not he'd never say I want you to stop but if he was to say haven't we had enough because he'd be virtually asleep by this point because the worst thing my husband ever did drunk was fall asleep I would be like no and almost petulant and in therapy and again we'll talk about all the therapy I've had but I have what I refer to as a fuck you Teresa and fuck you Teresa doesn't like being told what to do so if you tell me I think we've had enough fuck you Teresa says I don't think so. So then what I would do is I'd go downstairs and I would make myself a bourbon or a whiskey or these aren't drinks necessarily that are my drinks, but it would seem right because surely that's what people have. They have a nightcap or I would make myself another gin that was so strong that I could barely drink it, but I would drink it. And then eventually I would fall asleep 
And that's how I pretty much did it most nights. On a weekend, we would start earlier. So we would probably start about three, two maybe in the afternoon. We would start with cocktails and then we'd move on to fizz and then we'd have wine and then we'd have bourbon. We would have a couple of gins thrown in. So basically we would just have more over a longer period of time. And that was pretty much most weeks. If I didn't have a drink in one evening, I would be over the flipping moon about it. Um, And like I said, the most I managed to not go was three weeks in October uh, 2021 until I stopped on the 2nd of January, 2023. And as I record this, I am one year and about 13 days sober. So I've kind of touched on a little bit about some of the things that happened, but but I want to go more into that in the next episode. I want to talk more about actually what it looked like to be drinking that amount of alcohol and how it really affected my life and some of the not so nice stories that occurred because of the amount of stuff I was drinking. So you can find that out in the next episode of the podcast. In the meantime, if you want to head over to Instagram and find me over there on Losing Part of Me Instagram account, then please come and say hi over there. But I am sending you so much love. You've got this.